following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, September 17th, 2020, season 16, episode number 25. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Dave and Amber also joining us here at the Star. And uh, we got 45 minutes of Cowboys talk for you guys. Hopefully you will enjoy this next 45 minutes. We got a lot of stuff to get into. We're going to talk about uh, some personnel things. We're going to talk about the Cowboys offense. Uh, and we're going to get into a little conversation with Bucky Brooks a little later in the show. He's going to break down the Atlanta Falcon defense versus the Cowboys offense. First, let's jump, though, into a little talk around injuries and personnel. Jordan Lewis uh, returned to practice yesterday. He's been out for a while. That means at this point, all players that are on the active roster are practicing looking good heading into the game against uh, the Atlanta Falcons. How much does Jordan Lewis uh, provide for this team, I guess, coming back, based upon what you guys saw during training camp? Nick? Well, he's, he's the best uh, slot guy, I think. Um, and and that, that's big in, in a situation like this uh, when you're facing a team like the Falcons that move their guys around a lot. Uh, so, you know, he's going to have to take on whoever's lining it up kind of in the slot. Um, and I think that that just helps those other guys be more comfortable playing on the outside. So, uh, I, you know, and he's also, I think, the best playmaker on, on the defense. I think he comes up, gets the football in his hands more than anybody else. It's not a lot, but it's more than the other guys. And so I think that, you know, those two things together, it's just it's just good to have more depth at a position that's already kind of lacking. Dave, who was the guy last week that, that had the majority of those snacks, uh, sna- snaps there in the slot? for the Cowboys that, that presumably would be doing a little bit less this week? Um, I guess would be Daryl Worley. Uh, he he got a lot of looks there. Anthony Brown did too, but Worley got a lot of them. Wasn't a great night for him. I think I read, um, I think Pro Football Focus said he gave up a completion every time he was targeted. Um, oh, which wow. Awesome. 100%. <laughs> It's not um, us. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you 100%. Um, that's so kind of good. Consistently <laughs> it's, bad. Right? It's not great. <laughs> I do wonder, though, I, I, I'm, you know, I thought it was interesting that you phrased it, you know, based on what we saw from Jordan during training camp. Uh, the answer to that is not a whole lot. Yeah. He got hurt in, like, the second padded practice. So he didn't really have much of one. So I would be – I would be slightly surprised if he goes in and plays every single snap in the slot. I think you'll probably still see some some shifting around and, you know, Worley and A.B. probably being part of that. But it, it can't be a bad thing to have an extra experienced cornerback available. Amber, last uh, yesterday, Nick mentioned that, uh, that Brandon Carr was, I guess, replaced on the on the active roster i don't know again i don't know how this works as far as the taking him down to practice squad and back up but he's on the active roster how much do you suspect this week they will maybe work him in or do you think are you hoping that maybe they work him in this week uh, based upon what they're facing and what they have at cornerback and at safety i would hope to be able to see kind of both of them, Jordan Lewis and Brandon Carr, being worked in. I don't know how many guys, like, how does that affect your 
um, roster as far as how many people you have active and how many people you can actually work in in that specific position in the secondary. So, but ideally, that's a, a position where I would want to see guys kind of rotate around, get guys to get some in-game experience, and especially these veteran guys, just get them back in the groove. Because to me, which is funny because... Jordan Lewis, in previous years, he he was always kind of like at the bottom behind everyone else. But to me, he's always been the one player that is a playmaker, gets to the ball, gets the ball in his hands. So I think that the Cowboys need to take advantage of that and hopefully get him at least as soon as possible in there. And Brandon Carr, well, he has the experience. So I would assume they they work him in slowly as well. Yeah, Darian Thompson is a guy I wanted to talk a little bit about. He's a guy that I've actually been a fan of. I think he's done a pretty decent job during the time he's been with the Cowboys in the roles that they've given him. He now is a starter on this team, and so obviously expectations go up a bit. Last week, I there were a number or a couple plays, two plays in particular, where I thought his run support wasn't great. One of them was on a touchdown where he, he got into the hole, he diagnosed the play properly, he just couldn't make the stop. And, and I do wonder if, you know, you, you can't do what you can't do. You know, he's not a big guy. He's not what I would consider to be a big safety. Um, and so I guess with all that being said, I'd like to hear from you guys. What are your thoughts on Darian Thompson particularly and how he performed last week versus the Rams? Well, yeah. I, I think he had, he had 11 tackles, I believe, and that's what the stat sheet said. He might have had more than that when it was all said and done. And uh, I think that's not a good thing for a safety. That means your linebackers and that means your defensive tackles are letting too many uh, plays go through. I thought he was physical enough to make some plays. We're talking about Malcolm Brown, right? From the yeah. front. I mean, he's a big. He's, he's a, big a big dude. Yeah. Dude, he's and a big so dude. yeah, that, that, that's that's not that's not going to be a favorable matchup for him. But I think to have that many tackles, he's a physical safety, physical enough. And, um, you know, he's not always going to win some of those big lumbering backs in at the goal line. But I, I, I thought he was okay there. I mean, I don't think that was it. But he's just not a dynamic player. And that's that, that that's maybe what they need. Dave, what are your thoughts on Darian Thompson? I feel really good about Darian Thompson as the third safety on your team. Like, if he's your third safety and your special team's ace, then that seems pretty good. If he's your starter and you're asking him to be dynamic – that's probably not very good, which that should sound a lot like Jeff Heath because mm-hmm. the Cowboys love doing that. They love promoting guys into starting roles who were good at special teams and other stuff like that. Um, you know, we don't have to do it right now. They don't, they don't seem to value safety play the same way as a lot of other teams. Um, I don't really I, – I don't want to knock Darian Thompson because he's just doing what's asked of him basically. Like he, he's in that situation – um, because of the Cowboys' choices at stocking their roster, basically. So, you know, he, he had – I thought he was all right. Yeah, he, I mean, he had at least a couple plays where I thought he could have made a better tackle. Um, I, it, it is what it is, basically. I mean, we, we don't think that they're going to go get Earl Thomas, so this is what they're working with for the time being. Although, I meant to say, Mike McCarthy said this morning, uh, they are going to – you know, Brandon Carr didn't play a snap last week. I think that's going to change. I think they're going to see – I think we think we lost Dave for a second there. Uh, Dave did mention there. Dave, you there, Dave? There's a spot for you down here. Okay. Uh, Dave did mention though. He did mention Earl Thomas, and and I I do want to. And to be honest with you, I think it's something that almost every week we're probably going to have 
at least a question about Earl Thomas as long as he's a free agent, number one. And number two, as long as we're seeing play from the Cowboys defense that you think could be better, right? And so my question for you is not necessarily do you think the Cowboys will make this move because we know right now, as of what we see right now, it doesn't suggest that they are actively pursuing him or or vice versa. Do you think... Can I ask you this, Derek? Sure. Can I can I jump in real quick? Sure. Because I do see a lot of people uh, on social media writing and all that, and I'm trying to keep the fans plugged into this whole conversation as well. One of the biggest questions that I constantly see is them asking what's really the reason as to why the Cowboys haven't made this move yet. Whether they wanted to sign him or not, what's really stopping them or just like, what's really going on there? I, Do you guys I, know? I don't think that the Cowboys I, feel like he's healthy. Hmm, yeah, that's interesting. I don't. I think that's that's a fear that they have. Are you saying mentally healthy or uh, physically healthy? Healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I mean, I absolutely love how Nick does things. Like, I mean. It, he, put, he puts that out there, and when he puts it out there, you can tell it's more to it than just he's got a bum knee or a bum shoulder. Like, there's more to it because I've worked with you so long. I know you're saying more than what you're saying. So tell me what you're saying. I will at okay. the break. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> no, I, I just – he's got a lot of issues in his life. He's got, okay. he's got a lot of stuff. I get is it. Is it worth the, what he is on the field? And it's and that's probably a tough question because he's he's a good football player. He still is. He was yeah. in the Pro Bowl last year. He was a good player. Um, and I I just don't know if the Cowboys are saying is all this a is he going to be what we need and b is he going to be worth what we think would be some headaches. Is he is he ready to play football? I don't know. I don't know if he's 100 percent healthy. And I think the Cowboys are trying to figure this out. You know, they're also trying to figure out if they really need him. Can Darian Thompson play? Is he good enough? Yeah. I don't know if he's proved that he was. Dave, were you about to say something? I, I think we got so. you back now. Uh, am I back? Can you yeah, hear you're me? Back. Yeah, you're back. Oh, okay. Just making sure. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think it was like – I don't think anybody was lying. I think there's a lot of concerns about whether or not Earl Thomas is worth the headache. Uh, like, I, I think that was actually – a true storyline. <laughs> and But I will say, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, safety, and, and I already said it with tight end this week too, is like not being losing games and not being good has a way of changing your opinion of whether or not something's worth it. Like Amari Cooper's not worth a first-round pick until you're averaging 170 passing yards a game, and then you change your mind about it real quick. So that's why, and, and I don't, you know, I don't know what they're going to do or if it's going to happen, but... I don't think you can close that book completely until we see what this secondary looks like over a longer period of time. Do you guys, it sounds like you guys had a fairly decent view of Darian Thompson and what he did in week one. Do you think this is a week where they should consider using Brandon Carr, at least on some snaps at safety, or do you think you stick with safety as is, and maybe if you're going to use him, you look at using him maybe at the cornerback position? I think you've got... I I don't know if I... I'm but, sorry, but, Nick. Just be dynamic on, on defense because you know the Falcons will be. You know, Julio's going to line up different spots, so you have to be dynamic too. You have a corner who's a veteran who can play safety. He can play both spots. You know, he understands. He's seen a lot of things, a lot of football in his life. You need to use him in a way that maybe the Falcons aren't necessarily expecting. So I don't think it's just one way. I think you you got to disguise a lot of things because you know the Falcons will. Sorry, Dave. Dave. 
I, I, my audio might have cut out earlier, but Mike McCarthy did say the goal is to up Brandon Carr's reps. Uh, I think they have a better grasp on what he's comfortable with. So, you know, I, I don't think he's going to start or play 60 snaps, but I do think we'll see Carr out there this weekend at least a little bit. I would imagine, yeah, I, I don't think – I don't get the idea that they would put him out on the boundary with any of those receivers, but maybe as a – as a hybrid role, maybe as your third safety or coming in as a safety in spot situations, stuff like that, sub-package stuff. You, you know, my first thought when I saw that was, is this, and Mike McCarthy has talked a lot about this, he believes football is a matchup game, and, and he believes it's all about every week trying to find matchups. My thought was, is this a week where Brandon Carr is a guy that maybe they can use on a Hayden Hurst? He is a bigger guy. He, he comes in, and I think he becomes the biggest cornerback the Cowboys have, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly of those, of those starting uh, cornerbacks, is he a guy that maybe they think in certain situations they want to match up with Julio? Now, I'm not saying he can cover Julio, but I do think, again, if you're trying to look at matchups and you're trying to look at body types, I think Brandon Carr might give you some options there from the standpoint of some bigger body types that you might face this week. What do you guys think? I think that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> I mean, it does sound oh, like it. Yeah, it's a plan. It's just a plan well, right now. I mean, sometimes when you – tight ends have, have given this team problems, yeah. you know. And so if you if you have a, a, say, a guy that can play safety for you – you know, I hear that all the time if you have like a Zach Ertz and they're like, well, just put your cornerback on him. That's not a good thing to put your cornerback on a tight end because what does that mean for the other ma- matchup? So uh, to have a safety slat who's got cornerback experience, that seems like a good plan to me. I like it. Tell McCarthy that. I like it. <laughs> All right, I will make sure I uh, send him an email as soon as this show is over and let him know what we're thinking here on the break. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to jump into the Dallas offense. I got some questions for these guys about the offense and how it performed last week and then looking forward to their matchup against this Atlanta defense. Remember, in the third segment, we'll have Bucky Brooks joining us to break down the Atlanta defense. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. 
So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. Back to the break. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, you got something for us over there? I do. I do. I got, I got something for us here. I think we, what we need to do is find... No, I don't have it. Oh, I don't have it. Okay. Sorry. We got all kinds of things going on over Sorry. in the studio, guys. We're going to get this worked out, I promise. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Cowboys' offense. Uh, there, there are several things I kind of want to go through here. And, and uh, one that's a big picture, uh, one question I have for you is a big picture. And I guess we'll start with that one. You look at the around the NFL, the Cowboys, the Panthers, the Giants, and the Browns all lost in week one. Uh, the Reds, I'm sorry, the Washington football team, the only team in the NFL that has a new coach that actually won in week one. All those other four teams lost in week one. My question for you guys is how much do you think that the new coaches have been disadvantaged by what's happened this offseason? Typically, they get a few more practices. They get to bring their team back a little sooner because I think there's a recognized thing in the NFL that being a new coach requires some extra time in order to get your team up to speed with everything that's happened with the pandemic and, and coronavirus. Like, they haven't had that kind of time. How much do you think they've been disadvantaged uh, going into this season? We'll start first with you, Amber. Well, it's obviously going to always be a disadvantage when you're not able to get everyone in the same place in person and go through things physically um, together. But at the same time, it sounds to me like the, everything I heard during this offseason were just great things that – the virtual program went well and everything was going as planned and they were going to take this as a as an advantage um, as to not allowing other people to watch anything that they did during preseason. So, and, and I remember we had the, this discussion, a similar discussion several weeks ago, and I think it was, it might have been Nick that brought up the whole thing. Well, you can hide everything that you want, but at the same time, you're not actually practicing and, and actually doing it with the team. So that, that can always come back and hurt you. And I guess that's what happened, at least with the Cowboys. I can't speak for other teams necessarily because I haven't been keeping up with them as much as I have uh, with the Cowboys. But uh, I think regardless, it, it's always going to be a disadvantage. But at the same time, from the sounds of it, it didn't seem like it was a huge hurdle because of the technology and everything that they were doing this offseason. Dave. Yeah, awesome. way, way to go, AG. Took the words right out of my mouth. I thought it was an awesome advantage that nobody knew what they were up to. That was kind of the talking point for the last six weeks. So, yeah, I mean, obviously there's going to be disadvantages that come with it, but um, every team in the league, nobody was able to have OTAs or mini camp. and I know some teams have been around longer, but – uh, that doesn't make it any easier to get ready for football without preseason and practice and stuff like that. On top of that, a team like the Rams, they've been doing the same thing for three or four years at this point. So, you know, the Cowboys had a pretty good book to consult on what they were going to do. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm not buying this. It, it is true, but I'm not buying it as a worthwhile excuse. Nick? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it, it was it was a disadvantage for them more than anything. I think not having preseason games probably hurt the Cowboys more than it hurt, uh, you know, hurt the Rams, of course. And because you gotta you gotta remember preseason games, yeah, it's not about just the players, you know. Yeah, okay, Zeke gets ten snaps in preseason, now he got zero, but 
it's the, the I tell you who plays every single snap, and that's the coaching staff. Uh, they know where they're sitting. They know who challenges uh, plays. They, they know how to call in a play really quickly and who's doing this and who who to talk to a guy on the sideline. They don't take plays off um, in, in the preseason. So they didn't have any of that. I thought that was it was probably a show. That. I mean, I bet you it was a cluster down there uh, for them as opposed to maybe other staffs that, that are more you know well in tune with, with what's going on. Again, not an excuse. You have to go do it. But I guarantee that coaching staff missed the preseason games. Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I think what I've – come to the conclusion of is just I don't think the Cowboys and, and I don't know if it this happened in the other games uh, I can't really speak to that but I don't think the Cowboys took full advantage of the fact that they had a team that was on film doing exactly what they did to them on Sunday and it looked like their team wasn't prepared to defend that and uh, and that to me was the biggest travesty of all of it and on top of that we didn't really see the Cowboys do new and different things. Like they didn't offset by saying, "Okay, we're hiding all this stuff, so we're going to do all we're going to throw all these new and different wrinkles at you that you're not prepared for." So they didn't take care of it on the on that side of it, and then they also didn't take advantage of the fact that they had the other team on film all this time uh, for these last several years and knew exactly what they like to do and didn't seem like they were prepared for that. So. All the way around, I don't think the Cowboys took full advantage of, of their opportunity to hide and to be able to have their opponent be seen. All right, let's uh, move on to the next question I have for you guys. Atlanta's defense front, uh, they sacked uh, Russell Wilson last week three times. Uh, how concerned are you that the Dallas offensive line, which we know they have some issues there, uh, will be able to match up against these pass rushers for Atlanta? Let's start first with you, Nick. Well, I think you know we'll see how, how good uh, Terrence Steele uh, is, you know, in the second game. But but I do think that uh, we said it last week. I, I mean, I think Aaron Donald kind of presented such a huge problem across the line. You have to give so much, um, you know, looks towards him and 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 you know everything his way. You've got to figure out where he is. And so I think it's hard to give help to everybody, especially when you need it for, for a guy like Aaron Donald. So, um, But Atlanta will bring you know the, their share of pass rushers. I think if, if they make sure if Terrence Steele can kind of hold up his own on the right side, I think they should be pretty good. But that's, that's a big if because he's still a young guy. Amber. Man, I am still heartbroken at the fact that Blake Jarwin is out because I think not only – is he good at catching balls and was having a great camp, blah, blah, blah. But everything that I saw from him at training camp, I was hoping he would be able to help a lot more blocking and helping the offense in that way as well. He had done a pretty good job at that. So it sucks that at least uh, I, don't, I don't see any current tight end being able to help with the blocking at that level that I was expecting Blake Jarwin to do. But all in all, I think that everything that I saw from Steele honestly wasn't terrible. I feel okay at having him there at the position, at least for the next few, what, two more games before we get Lyle Collins. If we were talking about the whole season, that's a different story. But as of now and for this upcoming game, I, I think that the Cowboys can handle that. Dave. It's funny because, I mean, obviously the Falcons don't have a defender on Aaron Donald's caliber. Nobody does. But Grady Jarrett's no slouch. He is a very good interior pass rusher. Uh, so, you know, Connor Williams and Joe Looney are probably going to have their hands full again. And I think maybe this is debatable. Maybe this is a question for Bucky. I think I like the pair of Tack McKinley and Dante Fowler more than the guys that were edge rushing for the Rams. You know, we talked about how we didn't think that Rams edge rushers were all that special. 
uh, and it was really more about Donald. So lesser interior, still good though, and then better edge rushers, I would guess. So yeah, I mean, it's something to be worried about. I'll just say, you know, I guess the silver lining is Russell Wilson might have gotten sacked three times. It didn't stop him from just slicing and dicing that secondary. So, uh, you know, hopefully I think a heavier emphasis on play action maybe and and getting Dak moving. It seems like I know he scrambled a little bit, but that that bootleg element of his game that we've seen so much over the years didn't really seem like it was a thing last week. And uh, maybe that would maybe that would be a good idea to kind of mitigate the fact that Terrence Steele is out there. Yeah, I think I agree with you, Dave, that if you look across this Atlanta defensive front, I think they got more horses than 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 the Rams do. I think this is going to be a classic case of the of deciding, do you want the one guy that can wreck everything and, and then everybody else kind of feeds off of that? or having several guys who all at any given moment can wreck, right? And so I think that's where what you're facing this week is you got three guys that I think are legitimate, good NFL pass rushers that can get uh, generate some pressure. That's going to be a challenge for the Cowboys' offensive line, I think, trying to match up and not necessarily being able to focus just on one guy, but now having a number of guys that can be a problem for them at any given time. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next question I have for you guys. Going back to last season, how well do you think Kellen Moore is doing as your play caller? Um, and if you had one thing that you would like to see him do more or do less, what would it be? We're going to start first with you, Nick. Um, I think he's done okay. You know, kind of like a, if I had to grade him, I would say like 8-8 eight and eight kind of was what he did last year, kind of like right at the middle. <laughs> he did great against teams that weren't very good. He struggled against. I mean, they didn't. They didn't do anything against teams that were really pretty good on defense. So, uh, for a first-year coordinator, I, you know, I thought I thought he did okay. But I mean, he's got to be better. What I think he needs to be uh, more dynamic with is just um, things that, that you haven't seen. I mean, you know, it's. I don't know. I always think it's kind of weird. Is a is a guy who's kind of his personality is kind of dry. Is he going to be dynamic as a play caller? I mean, I, I don't know. Is that does that happen? I well, mean. The best coach in NFL history is about as blah as you can get from a personality standpoint. He seems to always pull something out of his hat that keeps his team among the best in the NFL, right? So I don't know. I don't know if that necessarily correlates Garrett? for me. <laughs> talking about no, I'm not talking about Garrett. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just, I just want to see more cool stuff. I'm, I'm with you on that. Amber. <laughs> well, I, I guess he deserves credit for uh, for having the number one offense last year. So the, kudos to him on his first year of of uh, coaching as a coordinator. But for this year, I think um, I agree with Nick. Be just be more dynamic on offense, create more plays. I remember him talking a lot about these wrinkles, and I'm still waiting to see more wrinkles because. When you talk about wrinkles, that's more than two little things, little stripes. I was expecting a lot more. But I do have a question. And I know that a lot of fans are talking about the play caller and Mike McCarthy versus Kellen Moore and who should be the play caller. And I remember Mike McCarthy was very clear about his impressions on Kellen Moore and saying and making sure that, okay, this is the play caller. I don't want to step on his toes. I want to let him do his thing. But what's how difficult is it on game day to just kind of have a, a combination of both working side by side together and making decisions together? I know that in real time, I'm sure that's difficult to do, but 
do you see that often in the NFL? Like, uh, just how do you work together between having maybe two play callers? I mean, you're not gonna have you're not gonna have two guys calling the offense because I think there's too much potential for wires to be crossed. But to paraphrase Jason Garrett, I mean, that's an ongoing collective deal. Tip. I mean, that's that's what those headsets are for. You know, Kellen Moore comes up with what he wants, and and Mike McCarthy's obviously gonna have final say. I I would be very surprised if Kellen Moore just has carte blanche. Like, obviously, uh, Mike McCarthy has the power to override that or offer his input. I, you know, I really think we need to run here. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that. So that's an every snap deal. And I think it's very rare for, for it not to be that way. Like, you know, like Sean Payton with the Saints, probably Sean McVay, head coaches who call the offense, it's a little bit different. But in a situation like that, I think it's, you know, it's collaboration basically on every snap of the game. Yeah, you know, I'll be interested to see as the season goes on if this offense is again and I don't think the offense struggled I wouldn't put it in the category of they struggled last week I will say they didn't live up to what I think their potential is and I do wonder if that becomes a a theme for this offense where they're not quite as good as we think they should be I do wonder at some point if Mike McCarthy decides that he wants to be more involved in the play calling or actually take the play calling by the way there have been some really good play callers in the NFL that have gotten those duties taken from them and if by the head coach. I remember Sean Payton being here and, uh, and, and Bill Parcells taking those responsibilities from him, and he went on to be Sean Payton, right? So it happens, and I, I don't think that, you know, again, Kellen Moore is very, very early in his, in his NFL coaching career. This is a very extremely inexperienced coordinator in the NFL. He didn't really do have a much of a coaching career before, before he became a coordinator. Um, and so I, I think, you know, when you factor all that in, you got a guy like Mike McCarthy that is extremely experienced as a head coach, extremely experienced as a play caller. I do wonder at some point if he's not getting the results that he wants, does Mike McCarthy take over and, and kind of impose his will a little bit more or take those responsibilities back? He probably does that more during the week. I hope. Go ahead, guys. But Dave. No, no, go ahead. I just hope I hope he I hope they open it up a little bit more before Mike McCarthy makes a situ- uh, makes a decision like that because I, I mean I, I agree with you Derek I don't think they struggled uh, you know Dak almost threw for 300 and Zeke had 130 and com- uh, all purpose and two touchdowns they just couldn't convert on third down I think that's that's the, the real difference but it to Nick's point like they just look kind of boring they looked very similar to what they looked like last year I'm stealing these stats from Seth Walder on Twitter but uh, he charted every team in the NFL in week one and how often they put guys in motion and how often they had guys in motion at the snap of the ball. The Cowboys only had a guy in motion at the snap of the ball on 4.3% of their snaps. Uh, and for reference, the Rams did it 34% of the time. So a third of the time, the Rams had a receiver crossing the formation or a guy creating misdirection when they snapped the ball it puts so much stress on a defense and the Cowboys are just like, no, we don't really want to do that. Uh, they also, I think, I think Dak only did play action 10 times on 39 attempts. Oh, wow. And when you have a guy like Zeke Elliott, you should probably be doing it more than that, yeah. in my opinion. Um, so I don't think you have to tweak a whole lot to make this thing a little bit more dynamic. And I hope that they give Kellen Moore a chance to do some of that, but you know, before they make some kind of decision about changing the play caller. I do think the assumption there with what you were saying, Dave, is that there that somebody is holding him back. 
it could be one of the situations where he needs to let himself be be freer, let himself do more things. Maybe that's not something that he's being held from. Maybe he's just not being as creative or, or really pushing on those kinds of things to, to give this offense a little more of a dynamic feel. Amber, did you have something you want to throw in there? I, I was going to mention, um, you know, it says a lot looking at the, the coaching staff that Mike McCarthy put together, the fact that he brought in so many experienced guys, which is something that wasn't usual to see here with the Cowboys. Usually you see a lot of guys that don't, that end up having coaching jobs with not much experience behind them. And the fact that he decided to keep Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator, I think that, that it, it says a lot. He must see something in him and fully trust his abilities to coach. Uh, so I, I guess, I mean, the, him with so much experience that he has, Mike McCarthy, the fact that he sees this young guy and is giving him that kind of power, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and just hope that it works out to, to his advantage. You know, that's a great point, Amber, because the fact that Mike has all the experience that I just was talking about and he entrusted the offense to Kellen Moore when it could have been very easy for him to say, hey, I'm coming in as a new head coach. I'm going to call my own plays. I don't think anybody would have faulted him for that. Uh, the fact that he said, I'd rather keep Kellen Moore as my guy to call plays, that speaks a lot. So I think that's a, I think that's a great point. Um, we're going to go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, hopefully we'll have Bucky Brooks joining us here. Uh, we have some other questions we're going to get to as well. We'll do all that in the final segment. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. to the break.
Get your tickets now to see the Cowboys take on the Atlanta Falcons, the first home game of the 2020 season this Sunday at noon. A limited number of tickets are still on sale right now. Get yours at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Man, I'm really glad that we're able to read that. Get your tickets now and come to the game. Not everybody gets to, but at least more than zero, which is will be an upgrade yeah mike mccarthy mentioned in his press conference yesterday they're expecting about 25 percent capacity at the stadium which will be nice it'll be nice to have uh to have some fans in the crowd and nick i know especially for you as you were at the game last week and i've heard you and many other people say how uh how eerie how eerily quiet it was it should feel a lot different at AT at&t stadium this weekend it was it was terrible i mean i don't know uh, being in my own suite, like I said, that was cool for about 30 seconds. And then I was like, this sucks. Yeah. I mean, just because I didn't have my team right here, number one. And then I didn't have, yeah. you know, the guy mispronouncing names up there. And, I mean, I, w- I would have taken that big time. Oh, yeah. All right. We are joined now. We are joined now by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Thanks, Bucky, for joining us. Uh, today we're talking Atlanta Falcons defense versus the Cowboys offense and as I do every day when we have you on I'm going to start with the big picture question talk to me about their greatest strength and then their greatest weakness as a defensive unit I think the greatest strength defensively is just their overall team speed. This is a fast defense. They put a premium on making sure that they've collected a ton of what they call urgent athletes. They have guys that can go from sideline to sideline and can play very explosive players. And I think it starts up front with Grady Jarrett. They've complimented him by going to get Dante Fowler. So up front, they have guys that can really get after it. Tack McKinley has kind of come on board, even though they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, played like a madman a week ago. And so up front, they're talented. Deion Jones is the guy that controls it in the middle. And then Keanu Neal is the guy that is their enforcer down the middle. So like most defenses that are good, they're strong right down the middle. They just have to do a good job of getting good play on the corners. Now, looking at the defense, the Atlanta Falcons defense, and looking at some of what the Cowboys were able to do last week, which area do you expect the Cowboys to be able to exploit the most in this game, the running game or the passing game? Well, naturally, you're going to look at the yards and see how efficient Russell Wilson was. 31 for 35, had 350 yards, and think that the Cowboys should air it out. But really, the Cowboys on offense have to think about protecting their defense. This may be a game where Ezekiel Elliott plays a huge role as they continue to try and keep the ball away from the Falcons. Um, Ezekiel Elliott has to get 25 or more touches. They have to put him over the 100-yard mark. If they are running the ball efficiently and effectively, that is the best way because the problems come when you expose that offensive line to this front four you can't put them in long yardage situations and allow the Falcons to tee off on this offensive line. Bucky, uh, I don't know the roster for the Falcons like I should. Uh, is Adrian Claiborne on the team? No? Man, Adrian Claiborne, I think he's still around. I think the big thing has been I, Dante Fowler, Tad McKinley. Okay. They upgraded there. What? Uh, Deion Jones being a major factor there. And then the nickel package that they have. They play a five-safety front, and they drop Keanu Neal down in the box. So this is a team that is a little different in terms of the unorthodox 4-2-5, but they can get after it because they have a ton of athletes. Bucky, we actually talked about this in the which no Nick Adrian Claiborne is not there anymore. I I see what you did there. Though. Yeah, no, um, it was definitely the joke of Nick's but, day. <laughs> would you Would you agree 
that I mean these maybe they're not all pros, but this is a better edge rushing situation that, than they saw last week. Would you agree? By far, by far, a much. Uh, more complete and more explosive set of edge rushers. Uh, they can come at you in waves. Dante Fowler is a guy that certainly has the power and explosiveness to give you problems. Had a half sack a week ago. And then Tad McKinley is a high motor athletic player. And so we saw the way that they isolated Terrence Steele last week. They were able to take a wide nine alignment, get him one-on-one, and they did some things to be able to keep Uh, the Cowboys from helping out. I think you're going to see some of those situations where they can try and use their speed to really create problems in that matchup. Speaking of that pass rush, um, last week we saw Terrence Still was a starting right tackle for the Cowboys, got his first start. Uh, Mixed reviews, I I would assume, at at best with regards to how he played. Uh, But that being said, what did you see from him um, and, and how concerned would you be if you were the Cowboys going into this week with him being, again, their right tackle up against these, uh, these pass rushers? I mean, let's be honest up front. They got whooped by a, a bunch of different people. Uh, Aaron Donald had his way with the interior three. Terrence Steele did a pretty solid job until you got into the fourth quarter. The issue that you're always going to have with an undrafted free agent is – trying to get acclimated to the speed of the pass rushes. And when the Cowboys were in long yardage situations, third and seven or more, it's going to be difficult and tough for him. The best thing that the Cowboys can do is they have to win first down. They have to win the early down. So Dak has to work with third and fours, third and fives, where it's a mix down where you can run or pass. But if you get these obvious passing downs, it doesn't matter who is playing tackle. These athletes that Atlanta has, they can give anybody problems in these one-on-one situations when they know they only have to worry about the quarterback throwing the ball. Now, there's a lot of talk about the Cowboys wide receiver, obviously that trio that we keep expecting big things from. Uh, last week didn't necessarily go as everyone expected, and even Michael Gallup talked recently to the media, and he said he's not really concerned about it. After looking at the tape, he expects them to be able to do what, what they're trying to do. When you look at uh, matchups, specifically uh, looking at the receivers group, how does that... Uh, what does that look like with the Falcons secondary? Well, I mean, it's a favorable matchup for the Cowboys. Uh, Isaiah Oliver and A.J. Terrell had up and down moments against the Seahawks a week ago. Uh, they're young. They're inexperienced. And so you would like to think that Michael Gallup and Mari Cooper would be able to have their way in one-on-one situations. This is a defense that is similar to some of the things that Chris Richard wanted to do last year. A lot of one-on-one man coverage, single high safety looks. So they're going to be opportunities. Uh, the key will be, can they win against press coverage? And more importantly, can they win quick enough so Dak Prescott can get the ball to them before the pass rush gets home and knocks him around. Wait, oh, you, know, Mike, you said something sorry, no, You ahead. said something about the Cowboys trying to get Zeke, uh, you know, get him going and maybe keep the Falcons off the field. Do you think that that actually goes against what the Cowboys are trying to do with building the offense with those three receivers? I mean, you know, sometimes you try to play someone else's game. It doesn't always work. Do you think that there's a way they can mix that? Where Because maybe the Cowboys need to be the team that that, the the Falcons want to keep off the field. You know, does that limit them with the receivers they have to play that kind of style? Well, yeah, because you saw that strategy employed a week ago by the Rams. The Rams made a concerted effort to keep the ball. I want to say the time of possession was over 35 minutes. The best way to slow down the Cowboys is to not let the Cowboys' offense get onto the field. So you could see that. The the, the rub 
in, in with both of these teams. The Atlanta Falcons aren't great on defense, and so they have to figure out how to protect their defense. So do they play keep away with their offense? For the Cowboys, maybe it is come out and be very aggressive in the first quarter, throw the ball all over the yard, and then in the second quarters and later in the game, get the ball to Zeke Elliott. You have to be committed because if you're going to play that style, it puts the pressure on Dak and the wide receivers. They got to win their matchups early because what you don't want to happen is you can't have a, a series of three and outs early where you give the Atlanta Falcons back-to-back possessions where they can attack the Cowboys' defense. Before we let you go, I have one more question for you. Um, talking about those wide receivers that Amber mentioned for the Cowboys and how they match up against Atlanta's uh, secondary, I want to go back to the Seattle game against Atlanta. What kinds of pass routes did, did you see that those receivers had the most success running against that uh, defensive secondary? You know, it's funny because people are going to look at the numbers and then think that Russell Wilson threw the ball all over the yard outside. Early in the game, a lot of swing routes to the running backs. They stretched him from sideline to sideline. Did a really good job of getting the ball in the hands of Chris Carson. Mm -hmm. Later in the game, in the second half, that's when they attacked down the field. Fourth and five, they hit DK Metcalf on a go route. I think for the Cowboys, Zeke Elliott has to be involved early in the passing game. you got to take the check down. You have to be patient enough to, to force the DBs to come up. Then you take your shots. Dak Prescott has to push it down the field, but he has to be selective. A week ago was different because the Rams took away the deep ball. I don't know if Atlanta is going to play it because that's typically not in their scheme repertoire to play a lot of too deep coverage. All right, Bucky, Bucky we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we'll see you next week. I guess real quick before we let you go, you want to give us uh, kind of what you think is going to happen this week, a prediction for the game? Well, I mean, I think a lot of pressure is on the Cowboys. The Cowboys have to win this. They can't fall behind 2-0. So I think you'll see them play with a little more urgency and desperation. Uh, it's on the offense. The offense has to show up each and every week because they're the strength of the team. I think you'll see a much better effort. I would expect them to play very, very well against a defensive struggle. All right, man, we appreciate you. We're going to be back next week. Actually, I'm sorry, Bucky will be back next week. We're going to be back tomorrow at 1130. We're going to get you guys ready for the game. We'll give you our predictions for the game. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?